Good morning. It's good to be with you today. So we were uh, on lesson 15 last week. We got down to, uh, in the outline, part C under number one, which is covering verse 13. And uh, so we want to see uh, what Paul was getting at uh, in the remainder of this letter. And verse 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, what's he asking for in his prayer? Well, that they would abound in hope, right? Okay. Two things before that in the in that verse. Talking about the joy and the peace part. Okay. What joy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what joy do we have? You don't. We ought to have the joy of looking. That's really what he got at all the way through this letter, wasn't it? Starts out by saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And the gospel is the good news that God has provided a way, hasn't it? He? he gave his only son, provided an entrance into uh, his kingdom. And we have many, many blessings there. Uh, I was thinking about... Uh, uh, as we were talking there at the beginning about, uh, well, uh, us getting together. How, how did that go for you when we were not uh, able to get together? It was hard to be encouraged. Yeah. Didn't you feel a little empty that you weren't able to associate with your brothers and sisters? Yes. We have an earthly family that uh, we're, most of us are very close to and have a special relationship with. But think about this relationship which we now have as part of the body of Christ. There's nothing any better. And I'll say period. Uh Jesus said we should put him first, shouldn't, didn't he? Or put God first. 
And when I can't come together with his people, I'm lacking. And I didn't feel at all well during that time that we're not, we're not allowed to be together. But now he's asking in his prayer, may the God of hope, where do we have any other hope? Looking at earthly things. Not much. Not much. Not much that you can really rely on. They can fade away real quick. But with God, we have a hope that is eternal if we but do his will. We can be confident in God's hope, whereas yes. hope in earthly things you can't really have any confidence in. It changes the weather or everything changes so quickly. And so he's asking that God, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace. We can have joy in the relationship that we have with him. We can have joy that we're not guilty anymore of those awful things which we did before we obeyed. Uh, he's cleaned the slate for us, we might say. So we can have joy and peace. I can lay down at night and I can go to sleep, can I? Knowing that if I don't wake up, so be it. But if I do, and he gives me a night's rest, then I should be thankful. That should be the first thing we say every day. Thank you. The last thing you say every night. Thank you. Because he has provided all this for us. And he, why is he asking for this for them? What's he end up that verse by saying? That you may what? Pardon? I mean, he, I mean, he, he focuses it. And he says, now to me, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in peace in believing. Okay. He brings it back to faith there. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, well, in the New King James here, it says that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that you may have a bunch of it? <laughs> abound? Abound, yes. Whatever is necessary to remain faithful and to do God's will. <laughs> that uh, we can abound in that. We're just not merely trying to get by. And that's sometimes what we do in this life. We do those things, well, I'll, I'll get this much done, and uh, I'll, I'll be all right. Paul says we need to abound in the work of the Lord, or, uh, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. How does the Spirit help us? God. We, can, we want to find out what God wants us to do. We can open the Bible and find out. Also, yeah. our intercessor. Pardon? When we're praying, the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. Yes. Yes. Jesus intercedes for us, and the Holy Spirit does likewise. When we don't know what to say, sometimes we use that as an excuse, don't we? I don't know how to pray. 
Well, the Spirit will help us with that, won't it? Yeah. The disciples and the apostles didn't know all of God's truth when Jesus left, did they? And they had forgotten some things. They had to be reminded, as he said, that was part of the purpose of the Spirit coming, to bring them into all truth so that they would be able to live a life pleasing to God themselves. They were all ready given a commission to go and preach the gospel to the whole world. Now we've got to train people in the way that they should go. So the Spirit was going to bring us that to help us uh, understand what God expects of us. Okay, so let's go on. Uh, in part two of our outline, he says, Paul's plans to see them um, what's he talking about there? Well, he's planning to travel to them, right? Yes. Yeah. And as we go on in the remainder of this, we'll see exactly what he's talking about. Uh, he had for a long time desired to be with them. But he was hindered because of the work which he was doing. And... Now he has to go to Jerusalem. Uh, there was a mission for him to do there. And we're going to get into that as we go on. Uh, and so, uh, verse 14, he says, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brother, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. So he says they were full of goodness. Uh, evidently, they've been listening to what they were taught, weren't they? Filled with all knowledge. How do they get this knowledge that they have? Were there they letters like this from Paul? And yes. Possibly from, you know, like Paul traveled around, well, some of the others were traveling too, like he had Timothy and others that were traveling around and speaking to different ones. At least that's what my thought. Okay, and so in the next chapter, we're going to see who some of these people are that he wanted them to recognize as being faithful and doing God's will. And among these was Priscilla and Aquila who had been with him at Corinth and different places. You know, it could have, could have also been referred to, you know, some people then, you know, they had knowledge from God. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was part of it. Sure. They did have some of the old scrolls, too, I imagine. Yeah. I don't know how many they got. And, and that's why we need to study the... Uh, Old Testament scriptures to understand what God would have us to do. Uh, 
he laid down principles that are still uh, good today for us to do, uh, putting him first, and many other things. But uh, Paul says, I have confidence concerning you. They had this problem of not being in unity. There was friction there. And he went through this whole letter showing them how that's not the way to be. That they need to do everything to the glory of God and do it together. Uh, they're no longer Jews. They're no longer Gentiles. Now they're Christians. Part of the family of God. And they need to act like it. So uh, he says here, I have confidence that you'll do that. And then in verse 15, he says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. So did Paul hold back in writing? He says some pretty hard things to them at times, didn't he? You read through like some of Paul's other letters, like the Corinthian letter, and yes. even Ephesians in some areas. He had to deal with hard things. Yes. And what's interesting is, is uh, you know, we just had some trouble in this congregation. But that's not new. And no. uh, I've, every, every congregation has problems. And back then, these congregations had problems because they got people on them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so Paul's just saying, hey, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. And, and you got to deal with them and do it right. And if it was necessary for him to say hard things, he said it. Go ahead. I don't remember which letter this is in, but there's a reference where Paul talks about he is very bold in his letters. He's very forthright and tells tells everybody the way it is. And it is kind of hard to hear sometimes. But they said uh, there was something. Someone had said something regarding when he's there in person. He was a much more mild and meek person. There's some reference to that. Uh -huh. I forget exactly how that goes. But uh, well, but he's very straightforward in his letters. Oh yeah. He I says. Just have somebody send you a text or an email, and you're like, good grief. Why, why is this person such a jerk? <laughs> and then, then you talk to him like, yeah. well, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> that's, that's us looking at what he said, but he was bringing forth what God intended for him to say. He was on a mission to do God's will. Jesus had chosen him to take the gospel to the Gentile. So he had some things to say to them that were pretty rough on him because of their style of living up to that point. Likewise, well, let's take, for example, the church at Corinth. Uh, that first letter, there's some pretty hard things in that first letter. And he said it was necessary that uh, he would do that, say that, so that they might change and be what God expected them to be. And then in the second letter, we see where he rejoiced, because they did. And uh, 
Sometimes we don't want to do and say the things we must. But for the good of the individual, sometimes we have to. I think we can all think back in some light part, part of our lives where like our parent had to correct us. And it was terrible at the time, but later on we're like, boy, I'm glad they did that. And, and I've said many times since, I thought my dad was a little rough on me when I was growing up. But I, later on, I said, uh, I think maybe he should have been a little rougher than he was. I think maybe I earned more than I got. But there was a purpose in what he did. And there's a purpose in what Paul is saying here. He wants them to change their lives and conform to what God wants us to be so that we can uh, continue to have this hope and be able to be with him throughout eternity. Uh, 16, he says that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Uh, sanctified. What's that mean? Set apart for a purpose. For a holy purpose. Yeah. And the things which Paul was saying to them was to get them to change their lives, that they would be sanctified and do God's will now and be a part of his kingdom. <coughs> that was a special mission that Paul had. Okay, verse 19 and mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and uh, around about Elycrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And uh, Paul didn't want to, really didn't want to go to other places and preach the gospel where it had already been preached, did he? It's the contrast between Paul and Jonah. Yeah. And as we read what he endured while preaching the gospel, pretty rough life uh, physically, but it caused him joy to be able to do that, didn't it? We're seeing that here in these verses. Uh, but he wanted them now to be aware of their own uh, abilities Part A there under number two, that's in verse 14. Uh, and he reminded them as is appropriate for a minister of the Gentiles that they had been given the word. They had that which they needed to trust and obey, to do God's will. And uh, though he normally aims to preach where Christ has not been named, that he wanted new territory, didn't he? So that he might spread the gospel as far as he could, reach as many people as he could. 
and uh, we need to do likewise if possible. Now, in verses 22 through 29, he's talking about uh, what he hopes to do. Uh, he wanted to go to Rome, but he says, for this reason I also have been much hindered from coming to you. There was things he needed to do along the way, didn't he? I was thinking, and I, I think it's in Acts, where the Holy Spirit stopped Paul from going yes. somewhere. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't the right, right time for that, was it? Or maybe there was something going on that Paul didn't really see, but he was told not to go at that point. But all of these things hindered him from going to Rome, which was what he really desired to do. So he might take the gospel and preach directly to them. They had all these brothers and sisters who had worked with Paul, had gone over there because they were originally from there and had been driven out by the government. And so they dispersed and uh, like Priscilla and Aquila, they worked with Paul on many occasions and spread the gospel. Now they've gone back after that decree had been lifted. They went back and they're working with the church there at Rome. He, uh, Paul actually did get to Rome. Yes. You know, the last part, like verse or two of Acts, that's where you know, he goes to Rome and tells about what he did there, and then he ends up in jail. Yep. Where he wrote, I believe, Second Timothy. Well, what was his plans as he told them? What was he was going to make it to Rome by uh, when he wanted to go somewhere else? Where was that? He went to go to Spain. Spain. <clears throat> never, never made that, did he? Not when you know it. No, I, 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 there's nothing recorded anywhere that said he ever made that because they, they took his life before then. But his desire was to preach the gospel there also. So in verses 30 through 33, What's he looking for there? He wants people to pray with him. Pray for him that he can come to them. Yeah. That he might be able to preach the gospel there. Verse 30 says, Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. I need your prayers. We need each other's prayers, don't we? Sometimes the way gets difficult, doesn't it? And then in verse 31, he says, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be uh, acceptable to the saints. So he says that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe. Who was that? Jews. They wanted to kill him, didn't they? They would have seen him, they would have seen him as a traitor. 
Yes. He'd been very zealous as a Jew, hadn't he? And now he's joined this uh, group that's not following the Jewish ways anymore. And that's against them, isn't it? And they didn't want to change. And they wanted to stop him. And they were trying their best to do that. I mean, it's, if you just think about Paul's life, I mean, it's, his life is proof that Jesus is real because I can think of no other person in history whoever was all one way and, and one thing happened to them and they gave all of this up to be this up to, to totally change their story 100 percent and it's just a, a bizarre thing that happened to him yeah. something had to happen yeah well the one whom he zealously denied appeared to him that on his way to persecute more Christians, didn't it? It's he like could, if you would have heard about Hitler turning to Christ. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right? That would have been crazy. That would have never happened. Yeah. Now, what service did he have at Jerusalem? And we're going to get into that as we go on here. What was that about? What was he going back to Jerusalem for? That's, he, that was probably when he went back to Jerusalem and he was, uh, and they basically arrested him there. Yeah. Was he, he was trying to be there at the Passover, I believe? Well, uh, there, was, there was a mission that uh, he was given. Was he delivering those funds back to them there at that time? Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking. Of, but I'm not sure. While he was in what is now Greece, at Corinth and different places in that area, there was funds and things given to Paul to deliver to them to assist them who were in need at Jerusalem. There was a need at Jerusalem. And so he was taking that to them. And uh, he wants them to pray that that which he was uh, supposed to do, that he could accomplish that and then come on to be with them. And again, our time is up before we got anywhere. Seems to be the case when studying. Well, you got the chapter. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look a little bit at how we're supposed to um, receive our fellow Christians in the work that they're doing. Uh, Paul admonishes them to do that in, in a certain way. And uh, we'll study a little bit about the Holy Kiss. He mentions that, doesn't he? So we'll bring that up next week. So thank you all for your comments, and uh, we'll continue on here.